All right, so again, my name is Aaron. If you didn't pay attention the first time, I'm the same guy who just spoke just a minute ago. Okay, all right. So uh, yeah, today we are going to be continuing in our conversation and our, our learning about the different parables of Jesus, okay? And so uh, today we're going to be looking at one called the parable of the sower. Uh, maybe you've heard it. Maybe you just read it up there. That was pretty much the whole thing. So there goes my sermon. Okay, so uh, what's awesome though is that uh, before we get there, I want to talk about something and it's goals, right? Uh, all of us maybe have goals in different ways in our lives. Maybe you have them written out and you're like one of those people, or maybe you're one that's like, you do something good, and you're like, oh, that was a goal. Yeah, I'll count that. Okay, so that's me. Um, but for one of the things I love to do is to run, okay? It's kind of weird, I know, but I love to run. I love to push my body and my mind and see how far I can go and how long it takes me. I'm not super fast, so it's, it's a long time for me when I'm running, okay? But uh, the thing is, I had this race last year that I was preparing for, and I went out on a run, and all of a sudden, like something happened in my knee. I was going up this giant hill. It was pretty much a mountain. Uh, let's just say that, okay? And like uh, something popped in my knee, and like I couldn't even walk anymore. Like I had to do the walk of shame home. It was really long and far away. And so I was like, man, all of a sudden, I had this like race that I was training and preparing for and now I wasn't going to be able to do it or I didn't think that I was going to be able to accomplish that goal, right? And there's times in our lives where these, these, we have these goals and something we're working towards and then something gets in our way. But also there's times in our lives where we like to put our own obstacles in the way of our own goals, right? For me, uh, that happens when I have like a task that I need to do that's either really hard or it's really boring, right? And so all of a sudden, when those two things come up, that's the only time in my life I look around and realize that my house is messy, right? It's like, oh man, I have this hard thing to do. I need to clean the bathroom, right? It's like, this is the only time in my life that I look around and go, I should clean, right? Okay? And so, right, like you have to get the right music out. You have to get all the cleaning supplies out. It's a whole day thing. You're like, ah, I didn't get to my task. I didn't do that thing. But at least I cleaned the bathroom, right? And then the next day, you're like, the living room. I live by myself and I make a mess, I guess, okay? So I have a lot of things to clean. But the thing is, I think we all have this time in our lives where we have obstacles to our goals, or we have distractions in the way of what we're trying to achieve. From projects at the house that maybe you've just like, oh, I'll get to that next week and next summer, and now it's been like five years and you still don't have the hot tub ready, right? We've been there. No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, to maybe like the conversation you need to have uh, at work, or that conversation you need to have with a friend who you know it's going to be hard, so you're like, ah, I'll just live in the awkward moments and be okay with it because I don't want to work through this, this difficult task. Or maybe it's you see something in yourself, some motive, some, something you need to change about yourself, and you go, ah, I could work on that or I can just live in it, right? But we also have obstacles and distractions in growing our relationship with God. And so I think what, what's awesome though is there's been times where we've had obstacles in our lives and we work through them and we realize the reward and the profit on the other side, right? And the Bible calls this fruitfulness, okay? And so there have been times in our lives where we've had these obstacles and worked through them and then we see, oh, that's good. 
But the next time we have an obstacle, we go, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. And those same things happen to us when we are in our relationship with God. There's obstacles and challenges in our way. And so today we're going to look at this parable um, called the parable of the sower, where Jesus talked about this. Before we get there, though, um, Jesus is talking to this large crowd of people. So people have started to hear who Jesus is. They started to uh, know that he's healing people. He's teaching in this new way that seems to have a lot of power behind it. And so now we hear of, of this crowd gathering. And it's this diverse crowd of people from all around that are coming to listen to him. From like the people who are outsiders and outcasts because they know they have the opportunity to possibly be healed by Jesus. To the religious leaders who are like, who is this guy? What's he talking about? And, and why is he getting so popular all of a sudden? So we have this wide range of people uh, that are here listening to Jesus. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app, we're going to follow along. Matthew 13 is where we're going to be at. And we're going to start uh, right at the beginning. So Matthew 13 verse 1 says this. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And some fell on the rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Let's stop there for a second. I love this. Right at the end he says, whoever has ears, let him hear. What he's saying is like, if you're hearing what I'm saying, you need to hold on to this. Like this is something you need to learn from. And when we first read through this, um, and, and what the disciples did, like Jesus' followers, like his close 11, 12 buddies, were like, hey, Jesus, I don't really get it. Right? They're kind of, they go away, they leave this moment, and they're like, I don't really get it, Jesus. Can you let us know? In? And I love it because the disciples are the ones who go and spread the word throughout all of the world. Like, they're the ones who started it off, and, and they don't get it. And I kind of feel like I'd probably hang out with the disciples and get along real well, right? Like, I don't get it sometimes, God. I don't get what you're trying to say here. But what's interesting is that Jesus, in this parable, for some reason, goes and tells us what he means. Sometimes Jesus tells a parable and just leaves it out there and be like, hey, figure it out yourself, guys, I'm out. But here, this is important for the disciples to know. It's important for us to know what Jesus was speaking about. And so Jesus goes on to explain. So we'll continue on. It says this in verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown among, along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and once at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. 
The seed among the thorns referred to someone who hears the word, but the worries of the life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. It's called the parable of the sower, but when we read it, we really see that it's not so much focused on the sower, the farmer, as it is the soils, right? We see that this this story that Jesus talks about is really focused on the people that he's talking to. And so we have this illustration, and everyone in that time period would have known exactly what he was talking about. So for us, a farmer, when he was going out to to plant his field, what he would do is actually throw his seed out over the whole field and then come back later and till it into the ground, right? So when you first read this, you might have thought the farmer was like a bad farmer, right? Like, dude, you really kind of suck at farming. Like, why are you throwing it on all this bad soil, Right? If you're a gardener, you don't go and throw it on the driveway, and then you throw it in like the bushes, and then you're like, oh, now I'll put it on my garden. Right? You just stick to the garden. And so the farmer, you're like, hey, buddy, like, I can help you out here. You know, Put it in the good soil first. But what I think is happening here is that the farmer is actually just looking at the soil, and, and like, there's hard parts where in his field people have walked and made a path, There's parts in his field where there might be like some thorns or some bushes that haven't like sprouted up yet, so he's not sure. Or or there's like some rock underneath what looks like good soil. And so so the, the farmer just goes and throws it out there because he sees that there's potential in all of this soil. He's like, okay, this might not have worked last time, but maybe this time the soil will catch. Maybe this time the rocky soil will be mixed in and it'll all work out. I don't think it's because the, the farmer's just a bad farmer. I think the farmer sees potential in all of this soil that could grow. And so uh, what happens here, right? We see the farmer. He goes and he throws his seed all throughout uh, the field. And then we have the seed. What the seed represents, uh, oh, sorry, back up. The farmer in the story represents God, Right? God is the one who spread the message of of good news of Jesus Christ, of the kingdom of God. And so we see here that that God is the farmer in this story. So then we have the seed, and the seed is spread out, and we see that the seed is good seed, right? It tries to uh, become fruitful. It tries to um, thrive in all of the different soils. The seed isn't bad soil, and the seed is the good word, the good word of what God, you know, has for us, what we would call the Bible, the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ. This good word is the seed, and we see that it's good for all the soils, right? It's not the the seed that's bad, but we see later it's the soil that doesn't receive the seed. And then the next thing is that we have the different... um, we have the different soils, right? And they talk about three bad kinds of soils and one good one, right? And oftentimes when we read this and we look through it and we've heard this message before, we go, oh yeah, bad soil, bad soil, bad soil, good soil, that's me, 
right? Like oftentimes you're like, I'm the good one, like that section over there, or if you're in that section, that section over there, right? Like they're that section, right? And you're like, I'm not the bad soil, but I know someone who needs to deal with those things. So before we, or as we get into this, I really want us to kind of put ourselves into each of these situations. How do we at times in our lives become part of those bad soils? How does that like show up in our lives as we live as followers of Jesus. And so the first one, we have these, the path. And we see that it's hard, right? And so we hear that, um, that the word of God goes out into these peoples and they hear the word, right? But they don't let it change them. They don't let it sink in to their lives, Right? They, it says that they have no understanding. And there's probably times in our lives where we've been like this. Right? Where you've opened up your Bible, or you open up the app, and you read your verses, and you kind of go, like, yep, okay, I did it, check mark, done. Right? How often do I, I open up the Bible and just kind of read it and go, yeah, okay, I didn't get anything out of it right away. Let's go on to the next thing of the day. Right? But here it says, like, they heard the word, but then they have no understanding. And there's times I know in my life where I've had times where I don't understand or I'm not even willing to try to understand what's going on. And, the, and so they, they, you see that there's no real um, fruit that can be produced without this understanding of the soil. And so the second one is the rocky soil. And this is interesting because in the rocky soil, you hear, it seems like they hear with joy. And they seem excited about what they're hearing, about who God is and how God can be a part of their lives. But then all of a sudden it says troubles, or they call it persecution, arises in our lives. And we decide, okay, maybe that's not for me. Right? The soil, it hears, it hears first with joy, but then something else comes up. We have troubles in our lives. There's persecution. All of a sudden, our life, maybe we wanted it to go one way and we had plans and now it isn't. So what do we do? We go, hey God, if you're not gonna do the plans that I want and, and what I have for life, then you must not really love me and I'm just not gonna be a part of this anymore. Right? There's times in our lives where we go, ah, God, I think I want this for my life because it seems better, but why do you keep having me do this? Right? We, we see that they have some understanding at first and they receive it with joy, but as soon as they uh, have joy, it, it quickly falls away. And there's no real root in what they have. No understanding. And so then we have the last one the thorns. And we see this, as someone who hears a word, but they never let the message of the kingdom of God control their lives. Right? Oftentimes we go, hey, I love God. I love Jesus. I love what he's talking about. I love all the good things. But as soon as he says like, hey, you need to change your life to follow my ways, we go, "Ah, okay, maybe that's a little too far. Right? All of a sudden we go, "Ah, I'm not sure about that because I kind of like the things that I'm doing. And so oftentimes what happens is, and it talks about the distractions of the world, right? That wealth and pleasures and riches start to become our focus instead of our focus 
on God. And what I think is really interesting is that each of these soils, they all hear the word of God. Right? All the different soils receive the seed. They all hear the word of God, but it's how they, how they accept it is different. Right? How each of them uh, are challenged uh, with their life and things that come up. All of a sudden, those things become the focus rather than God. And today in our world, I can see this come through our lives through three big things. Through hurry, busyness, and like digital or media or like technology distractions. Right? For some reason in our lives today, we love to be busy. Right? We are always busy. We're always hurry. There's always like, at my, at my place, like I always have like YouTube playing in the background or music playing, even if I'm not watching it, right? Netflix is always like, hey, are you still watching? You're like, no, but I still want you to play, right? It's like, come on. And so it's like, we don't, there's times when it's like, I just need the distractions to keep my mind going. Right? Like, I go from my house to the car where I play music, where I get out, and there's always something going on. Right? And we always need those distractions to keep us going on. And then there's times when you're like, okay, I do want to slow down. Right? Like, okay, I'm just going to slow down. Like, usually in the morning, right, when you wake up, because things are still kind of calm, at least at my place, because I live by myself. Right? Like, things are calm. Or like, right before you go to bed. But also, at that moment, you have your cell phone right there. And how often am I like, okay, I'm just going to be here, I'm just going to just like sit and be quiet and try to listen to God. And they go, but there's Instagram, right? Like, oh yeah, let's see what's happening in the world today. Okay, like, or there's whatever app, like whatever Candy Crush game you love playing, okay? Like, right, like, okay, I just one more level, then I'll focus on God, right? It's like, there's always these things that are there to take away our mind's focus. And then finally, if we do slow down, our minds start to race, right? Ah, I got this to do later. I need to plan this. I got this I need to work on. I have this project. I need to talk to these people. And all of a sudden, your mind just keeps going, even when we try to slow down. And and, And so I think that is a big thing in our lives today. Dallas Willard is this writer, and he wrote this. And he's, um, he's not around anymore. He's not alive with us anymore, but he's He's an amazing guy, and he has, if you find any Dallas Willard book, just read it, okay? And he says this, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our world today. Hurry is the great enemy in our spiritual life today. And that we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. We are so busy, and sometimes we're so proud of how busy we are, right? Like, oh, I can't go do your thing. I'm doing a thousand other things, right? Like, that's so awesome. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our world today. The bad soil, it starts out with hearing God, but then it doesn't, it doesn't receive it. It doesn't understand it. It doesn't live with it. Another way that our soil can turn bad is that we just have sin in our life, right? Sin um, is something that breaks relationships. Sin is something that creates distance and separation among God and among other people. 
And so if there's um, sin in our lives that we can keep continuing in, right, there's, there's, it's going to be hard to experience the life that God has for us because we're not able to connect. Because there's this sin that we keep in our lives, this distraction that we put into our lives ourselves that we are focused on more than our focus on God. Right? Because sin, it breaks down our relationship and becomes a major distraction in our lives. And so, as we think about these three things, I think we can ask ourselves the question, is there any hardness of heart in my life? Right? Are there times where I just read the Bible and kind of skim over it and that was good enough and just go on? Or are there like rocks or thorns in my life right now? Am I so busy that I don't even have the time to slow down to hear God, what God has for me? Right? Each of the bad soils, they at least heard God's word. But are we so busy we're not even willing to hear what God has to say? Or are we so scared that if we were to slow down and to hear God, we wouldn't want to hear what he has to say to us? Because he might say, hey, maybe the way you're living isn't what I have for you. Because it's not God who's absent in our lives. It's not um, that doesn't want a relationship with us or doesn't want to be uh, around us. right? Like God desires to have a relationship um, and so it's not God, but it's us, right? We are the ones who are absent from God. But then Jesus, he describes the good soil, right? The good soil is described as hearing the word, just like all the others, but the big difference is the person is open and is receptive to the word of the kingdom of God, right? They, they're not hard, they're not shallow, and they're not preoccupied. In Luke, in Luke's version, uh, this story is told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And they're all a little bit different, but all pretty much staying the same thing. And in Luke it says, it starts with a person with a good heart. That the person with a good heart. And when they talk about having a good heart, it means like they're spirit, spiritual, like the intellectual. Like their whole body is summed up in having a good heart. And it's talking about having a focus on God, right? And this isn't like having a, being a good person and like, oh, they have a good heart. It's like a good heart is someone who has um, like one track mind on focusing on what God has for them. And so this message that Jesus is trying to teach, that Jesus wants for us to experience the fullness of life that Jesus has for us is for the one who hears and obeys the word of God, right? Hearing alone is not enough. The, oil, uh, the other soils heard, but still did not become fruitful. James 1.22 is a great verse. It says this, Do not fool yourselves into thinking that you are a listener when you're anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance at a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. Do we live in a place where we kind of let the word go in one ear and out the other, or are we actually hearing what it says and acting on it? Understanding and action 
go hand in hand when we look at the life of Jesus. And this is why here at the Grove, um, we really, we're really, uh, we love that you serve, right? And we think that it's an important thing that you serve here at the church or in our community or at the schools, wherever it is, because um, it's not just hearing that you do, but it's also how you live that out. And so for us, hearing is definitely part of it, but the other part is how we're living, how we're serving the people around us. And what was awesome and what I love about is when we serve, we think, oh man, I'm going to bless these people. They're going to feel so great uh, because I'm here and I get to serve them. But what happens is when you serve someone else, you're the one who's blessed. I remember a time I was uh, working with these these, uh, elementary school guys, like at this after school thing, and it was not well organized. Let's just call it that, okay? It's a lot of chaos in that moment. I love my chaos, but a lot of chaos with, uh, yeah, these guys was hard for me, okay? So often on Wednesdays afternoon, that's when I was going in, right? And there's many days that I went, I'm not feeling great right now, right? Like, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling sick. The golf course, you know, it's like, I don't know, right? Like, there's other things that could be better than hanging out with these kids. But I remember one time I went in and, and I went and I hung out with the guys. And, and then, you know, after the moment, you went, that was good. Right? That, was, that wasn't great for them, but it was good for me. Right? Because it's life-giving. It teaches us. It gives us perspective of gratitude. Because God blessed us and served us. And so when we go and do that to others, we are acting in the image of God to the people around us. It's not the action that makes us right, right? It's not that you can go and earn your salvation, earn to be right with God. But when you say, I'm a believer, that I have faith, it should change your life so that you live a different way. So each person who hears and acts upon the words of Jesus' teaching with a good heart says will produce much fruit. But another part of this, in Luke's um, accounting of this, story, it says, he says that it also, that you need perseverance. Because there's going to be times in our lives uh, where we are dealing with different, difficult situations. Right? If you even say, like, I'm the good soil, I hear, and I'm acting, and I'm following with a good heart who God is, and what God has for me, no matter what, there's going to be times in your life where there's hardness. There's going to be times in your life where there's difficulties that you're going to face, that you're going to have to deal with, sin that you're going to all of a sudden recognize, and you're like, what am I going to do with this? Right? And so it's not that the good soil is good forever, but that the, the soil, uh, the good soil doesn't focus on those things and let it be the distraction for the rest of its life. It doesn't put it as the focus in their lives because we still focus on God, even though we're willing to work through those difficulties. And that's what I love about the disciples, right? They don't understand the story. And instead of saying like, okay, you know what? I don't get it. Jesus is talking crazy talk again. Like, let's go on to the next thing. They go, I want to know. I want to understand what you're talking about, Jesus. Like, can you tell us? Right? They have this interest in listening into what Jesus is saying. Okay? And this is the big sum up of this thing, and I stole this 
from someone named uh, Charlie Moule. He's a, a theologian. He studies the Bible a lot. And he says this, It's up to each here to let the words sink in and become fruitful. If you only hear without responding, without doing something about it, and committing yourselves to what the word says, the words are of danger of being lost or coming to nothing. The whole story becomes the parable about the learner's responsibility and about the importance of learning with one's whole will and obedience, not merely with one's head. And so, are we hearing Jesus? And are we living that out? Because we know that God's ways are the best ways of our lives. And when Jesus is talking about this, um, he's actually talking uh, more than just, I think, the individual learner. Right? Jesus is also explaining how uh, the kingdom of God will grow on this earth. In Matthew, uh, it starts with this parable and then the next five parables all talk about the kingdom of God and how it will grow here on earth. And so the Israelites, the people that Jesus were talking to at the time, they were all expecting this new like religious leader to kind of take charge, to take control, and to like become king and overthrow the Romans and, and destroy everyone so that they could be in charge. Right? That's what Israel thought was going to happen. But Jesus comes and he says, well, it's going to look a little different. Right? There's going to be challenges and distractions to the kingdom of God. But in the end, no matter what, the kingdom of God will grow and be fruitful here on this earth in our lifetime. It's growing right now. And so with that in mind, God has placed us here in Albany at this time to be a part of that story, to be a part of that growth, of that kingdom growth that is happening uh, in this world. And so instead of only the, gar- uh, the farmer throwing out the seed into the world, I think we too are called to multiply. Right? The fruitful produce a crop of 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. We too are called to spread the good word, the seed, unto others. We are called to be a blessing to the people around us. The farmer saw the potential in all the different soils. But sometimes in my own life, I look at someone and I go, I don't know, man. I don't know if you're ready for God. I don't know if you would really receive it well. I don't know if you would take offense about it. So I don't know if I'm going to tell you. Right? And I make the decision. And that's a horrible choice. Right? What we should be doing is going out there and sharing the word and blessing others and putting it in God's hand to see what's going to happen to the seed. Right? It's not up to us. It's up to God to see what will happen. And so instead of uh, questioning it or thinking, what should I do? I think we can easily go out and bless others. Right? And blessing others can be really simple. It could just be an encouraging word. It could be an act of kindness. It could be just taking someone out to coffee that maybe you haven't talked to in a while. Or maybe you know that's going through something. Or maybe it's just sitting down and listening to a friend and being there for them. Because as we bless others, we do this because God has blessed us. 
N.T. Wright, he, he says this, we aren't chosen for our own sake. Right? You aren't chosen to be a follower of Jesus just so that you can live in your house and do your own thing and just be like, oh, I'm, I'm awesome because God loves me and forget the rest of the world. Right? It's like, no, you were chosen so that God can do a blessing through you into this world. That God wants to accomplish great things through us. God wants to bless others through your life. And so are we taking the time to be a blessing to others? And so when we look back at this parable, I think there's some some great things that we can take away of this. Is first off, the farmer saw there's, there's a possibility that all the soil could be fruitful. And so he doesn't care and he puts the, so, the seed out there to everyone. And we too can go out and be a blessing to those people around us. To the ones that look like outsiders or outcasts in our society. We are the ones called to be a blessing to the world around us. But I think first what needs to happen is we need to slow down and hear what God has for us. What God is trying to tell us so that we can live that out in our world today. And so the next big step for us is to take time to slow down, right? That can be through slowing down through prayer or reading our Bible or maybe just like taking a walk around the neighborhood and praying for your neighbors. But we need to be slowing down so that we can hear God's voice in our lives. Our our lives become so full, it's easy to kind of Put God second to everything else. Now, I'll get to God a little bit later. I'll get to God when I have things figured out. But God is here, and he wants to speak to us. He wants to grow our relationship. And why do we love vacation so much, right? Like all these people are taking vacations over the summer. It's the time to do it. Why do we love it? It's because we get away from the normal hustle and bustle of life, right? We get away, and we get to slow down. And just take a breath. And then we, we go back home and we go, here it goes again. The same thing is with our relationship with God. We need to take time in our lives. Just take, take a breath. Slow down. God, I'm here and I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. Because when we slow down, that's when we allow God into our hearts. That's when we truly can hear from God. And then we can go out and live and be a blessing into our world. Because God has blessed us, and now we can go and be that blessing to others. Uh, Let's go ahead and stand, and and we'll pray, and the band can come back up, and we'll continue to worship uh, through singing. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love and your care for who you are, and that each person in this room You want to grow in relationship with them. No matter what kind of soil their life is at this moment, Lord, we know that you want the best for us. You want us to have the fullness of life. And so, Lord, I pray that no matter where we're at in life, we see how great you are and how great it is to be in life with you. And so, Lord, I pray that we take time this week to slow down and to focus on 
who you are and how you say you love us so much. Lord, let us believe that. Let us live into that. And let us live that out to the people around us so that we can be a blessing, so that they see you through our lives. In your holy and precious name, amen.